Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian Machine, the Professor X to my Magneto, or my Magneto to my Professor X, I'm not sure, Mr. David Melhorn. David. How you doing today? I don't even know where to take that. You want to play? I, some... I, I wasn't prepared for that. Friend, that fr- I know, I know. Every once in a while, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw one in there. F- friend, friend, yeah, we're more friends than they are. We don't try and kill each other as much as that. Um, I would say that I am the more emotional one, though. Really? And you are, very, yeah. I, it's a shocker. I'm aware. I know. Um, but uh, we are here, if you haven't figured it out already, to talk about. The X-Men, the uh, kind of in total, kind of overall, you know, the the X-Men film franchise has existed for 19 years, start going all the way back to 2000 with the original X-Men. And over the course of 19 years, they made 12 movies and it is technically ending. I don't know why this feels different than other like ends of a franchise, Mostly because you don't frequently get the finality of what is happening with the X-Men franchise and Fox being bought out by Disney. But for whatever reason, I felt like it would be a good opportunity for us to kind of talk about the X-Men franchise as a whole. Um, and you can't really do that without tar- talking about the latest film on the franchise, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix obviously is a uh, sort of a remake, oddly enough, of X-Men The Last Stand, which in and of itself was a, an adaptation of the Dark Phoenix comic book storyline. I consider this more to be an, a, a re-adaptation um, rather than a remake of that third film. Um, but we, I wanted to, David, and you brought up this, this is a very good point, to get our thoughts, our spoiler-free thoughts out of the way about Dark Phoenix and then spend the majority of our time with the spoiler tag removed and allowing us to go kind of full bore talking about the franchise as a whole. Um, so let's talk about the Dark Phoenix. Now, you were more excited about this movie than seemingly I was, right? Or did you even have a high level of excitement? Because particularly with Apocalypse and things like that, I have cooled on the X-Men, whereas you've always been, I think, fairly positive about it. Would you say that that's true, or am I painting it in a... No, I think that's light. pretty pretty accurate. I I think some of it comes from growing up. I was always a big fan of the X Men. I okay. enjoyed the, the cartoons, cartoons. Uh, that you'd see on Saturdays a lot of times. Um, I enjoyed those. I had a friend growing up who had a bunch of the action figures, so we okay. were big into that. I, I read some of the comics, so I feel like, especially compared to even if you go into the MCU in general, like this would be one of the comic book groupings or, or franchises for lack of a better term that I paid more attention to than others. So I always enjoyed them. Um, I think they provide a different type of storyline than what you get from your traditional comic books, movies and what we've been so accustomed with, you know, the Avengers franchise. Sure. So I always enjoyed them. Yes. There's been some highs and some, some very low lows in this <laughs> franchise, but I still really loved all the characters and just the whole concept of the mutants in general. Sure. And so I, I always was excited for them. It was one of those where it was like, I don't care how bad the last one was. I'm still excited to watch the next one. But I think the only area I kind of got burnt out at one point was with Wolverine, um, just sure. because it felt like they were just milking Hugh Jackman for all it was worth. Oh, and they were. <laughs> in their fair, in in their defense, they were. And and it, I also it also took me a little bit. It took probably until first class for me to really get hyped about X Men again. Sure. After what they did in Last Stand, so but we'll get into that more. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get into that more for spoilers. I. I have a love-hate relationship with the X-Men itself. I I didn't really watch the cartoons. Oddly enough, I didn't I don't remember growing up watching a lot of like Saturday morning cartoons. Um and credit where credits due, the X-Men are responsible in my opinion 
for the superhero genre as it exists today. Back in 2000, the X-Men were dead. Batman and Robin had died. Um, Franchise-wise, they made Batman and Robin, and it was garbage. Um, Blade was around, kind of doing his thing, but that was more of a horror, vampire, you know, stuff like that. But the X-Men came in, and they gave us the superheroes. And you're 100% correct in that it does give us a different story from... Kind of what we're used to, particularly in terms of acceptance and director Brian Singer, who, you know, for all the shit that he's dealing with right now, um, turned particularly the first two films into sort of an allegory for homosexuality and being comfortable as who you are and your own skin and things like that. And I think it deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but the, the, the franchise is so inconsistent that I didn't really know what to expect with Dark Phoenix. And the trailers weren't all that exciting in my opinion um they were kind of oddly cut you know the first couple trailers were um and the last trailer did a pretty good job of it but david i walked out and i walked into this movie with very low expectations I and mean, both of us walked in having read the reviews now as at the time of this re- of this recording it is the lowest opening for box office for an x-men film by far it opened nearly twice as or half as much as the lowest, which was the the Wolverine, which was Hugh Jackman's Japan set Wolverine, only making about thirty three million. We don't have the final numbers yet, and in terrible reviews. I think the worst reviews of the franchise as well. So we came in with really low expectations. This is our opportunity to talk about it spoiler free, and I didn't hate it. I I I walked out of it being like okay. You know, um, with what they were trying to do and what they did with that film, I accept it. Now, I didn't love it, all right? Um, I I have a lot of issues that I think the baggage is carried over from the franchise in general. I think this film is guilty of a lot of things, the same inconsistencies that I think have plagued the franchise in general. But, again, for what they were trying to do here— it works it doesn't necessarily work as the final chapter of the x-men it's kind of disappointing in that regard um the fact that we haven't been with this version of some of these characters for too long i think hurt it a little bit but i have to say i was i was surprisingly surprised i was surprised at how much I didn't hate the film, which doesn't sound like that much of a ringing endorsement. I sure. know. <laughs> it didn't suck is what you're saying. It didn't suck. It didn't suck. It's not great. I always like seeing movies that don't suck. It didn't suck. Um, for me, I have a similar reaction, except like we said, I, I was looking a lot more. Um, I was looking forward to this movie a lot more than I think you were. I think the good things that I would say, and we're not going to get into spoilers, we're going to keep this brief and, sure. and just kind of talk about what our thoughts were, but I think the good for me is really, I think there's some fantastic action. That was one of the things that always was so unique about this franchise, I think even more so than uh, our Avengers or DCU um, from that standpoint was that you had such unique characters and abilities that gave you like really interesting fight sequences or at least the capability for that and i thought it showcased a number of those um in this movie especially towards the i'd say you're probably about two-thirds the movie sure um when they're in new york Mm -hmm. and i think there's a really good scene in that one i also think you know as usual casting is just so good in this so good and we'll talk about that as a franchise as a whole but even i think that's continued into this film mm-hmm. um obviously we already had sophie turner as um gene gray gene gray right. we already were introduced to her but i think the only new large addition that you had in this was oh and i'm blanking on her name chastain Ch- jessica chastain jessica chastain yep i thought she did really well in this film uh um, this is a heck of a movie for her to make her her superhero movie i'll tell you that she's she's basically doing a kate blanchett sure where it's like how do you get kate blanchett to be in four fucking three sure. how do you get jessica chastain to be in dark phoenix yeah <laughs> what <laughs> 
You know what? I think there's some things that are unanswered in that. I think a lot of it comes down to relationships and things like that in Hollywood as well as, you know, timing. I mean, timing plays such a big part in who ends up where in some of these roles and money, that too. But I thought performances were were good as always. I don't think I've ever walked away from X-Men movie thinking, God, the performance in this movie were just terrible. Like, I don't think that was usually an issue in many of the films. Eh, There are a couple. We'll we'll talk through it some more. But um, I thought the performance in this were were solid. I mean, they weren't, like, memorable from the standpoint of, like... But that's that's kind of the X-Men movies from that standpoint. I mean, they're they're not bad, but they're also not, like, oh, my gosh. I think outside of Logan, there's not any that, like, really make you think about their performances themselves. It may be Deadpool if you want to lump that in with X-Men as well. I think on the bad side, I mean, uh, oh, the other thing I would say that's good about this is as bad as Last Stand was at telling the Phoenix story, Uh which it was bad. bad. (laughs) I mean, and bad's probably downplaying it a Mm -hmm. little bit. I thought this one did a solid job. I mean, especially with the baggage weighing over it when it's like, crap, we're going to end this franchise on another Phoenix story. Like, that's what we're going to do. And for that hanging over its head and everybody absolutely coming in with such like negativity towards this story already, Mm -hmm. I think I thought it was fine. Like I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought they did a good job managing it. I thought they did a good job of balancing, telling the story, taking one of your best assets in this that people are excited to see, which was Sophie Turner coming off of Game of Thrones and just how she was elevated in that show towards the end of it and really leaning into that and telling an origin of a character that we know in the comic books from that standpoint, um, introducing, you know, a weird outside, you know, threat from that standpoint. Cause I mean, so many of these movies have been just, uh, Professor X versus Magneto and it's been mutant on mutant for so many times right. and so to get a different type of story I thought was good too again it's it's kind of a weird ending point but at the same time you also have to consider that I don't think from the beginning the concept of doing Dark Phoenix had always been like this is the end of sure. X-Men it's just everything that happened it's turned out that way through that process turned into that so for me I enjoyed the enjoyed the film. I mean, there was definitely some things that I would have done differently or would have hoped would have been different. Um, to me, as far as ranking it within all the movies, I think it falls somewhere in the middle. I mean... Sure, I would agree. I, I don't think it's the best. I think when you talk about the best, if you're lumping in... I'm going to exclude Deadpool from this, but if you talk about the best, for me, it starts with Logan. Um, and then First Class is probably there. And mm-hmm. then... X2 and X-Men are, are pretty close for me on that. And then probably the Wolverine and Days of Future Past are right in there. And this would probably come right about after that. Right about um, in there. Yeah, it's. I think it's, be- it's better than Apocalypse. It's better than Last Stand. It's better than Origins Wolverine. Um, I don't get how anybody... I've read some bad takes that are like Last Stand was better. And I'm just like, you're out of your mind. It's, I think it's just time. I mean, people haven't seen it in for a really long time, and maybe the recency bias from that standpoint. Well, you brought, I mean, you brought up a really good point, which is this film at least, at the very least, this film takes the Phoenix story and makes it the forefront. If, if people forget, they took the Phoenix story in Last Stand and made it a subplot and made Jean Grey like a lackey. To Magneto, and they have that whole bullshit cure thing, and they, all of that stuff. They off freaking Cyclops. They kill the screen. people. Like, <laughs> like they do a lot of bullshit, right? And this movie is all about the Phoenix. It's all about Jean Grey, and it's all about people trying to help her, hurt her, or take advantage of her. And that's what a Dark Phoenix story should be like. Now, I think it cuts some corners. If you're familiar with the comic book storyline, it makes it a lot smaller, per se, which is what it is. You know, it, But I think some of that's also a product of the fact that we have to do it in one movie. The sure. Phoenix storyline itself is a really huge storyline. It's a saga. It's a saga of the comics. And so... To do it in one film, one one two-hour film, and in essence wrap up a franchise 
as it as they knew by the end of wrapping on this that right. that's what they were doing right to wrap up a franchise and tell the biggest story when you haven't told any of it right to date like it's not like there was seeds planted in earlier ones other than the fact that Jean Grey was a character there was nothing exactly there was nothing planted to the Phoenix storyline right like that's uh, wh- that's why I think that this film succeeds as well as it does is because we have 12 movies set before it because it's asking you a lot because remember Sophie Turner and Ty Sheridan and these characters of the younger mutants mm-hmm. were only just introduced to us in Apocalypse. They yeah. weren't in Days of Future Past. They no. weren't in First Class. Beast and Mystique were. But the kids that they were talking about, they, we've only had one movie with them. Yeah. But the reason that we resonate with them is because we are familiar with the character of Jean Grey. We are relatively familiar with the character of Cyclops. And I think that, that this movie gets to take advantage of that. Sure. Um, likewise with McAvoy, Fassbender. I mean, everybody's doing good work here. Some people have argued that they sleepwalk through the role. Uh, we haven't even gotten to talk about... Um, we haven't even uh, gotten to talk about Mystique at all. And, uh, you know, it, it's she's fine. You know, she's not in the movie a, t- a ton, per se. Um, but what she's in, she's in. She's fine. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name right now. Who, the... Mystique, Jennifer... Jennifer Lawrence? Lawrence, thank you. Lawrence, I just was like... I didn't know what you were grasping for. I thought you were looking for a real name. No, I... you were going for Raven Raven Darkholm. Oddly enough, I can pull Mystique's fake name easier than I can pull Jennifer Lawrence. Um, So, and that's without spoilers. Now, I have a lot of deeper thoughts about this movie and the franchise as a whole. I have a lot of nitpicks about this movie that I think ultimately hurt it. But let's give our popcorn ratings for it so we can get into... To spoilers not only this but also the entire x-men franchise be, be, before i didn't do what you did but before we do the popcorn ratings i do want to say i feel as if it falls somewhere in the middle as well of the of the franchise i think um i think the last stand origins wolverine and apocalypse are the worst i those are my least favorite those i would i would argue are actually bad and then you have that midsection of the first x-men the wolverine days of future past and i feel like this fits in with there and then you have your really high ones like x2 and logan and even the deadpools i think are up there even though they're not they're kind of not really but this one falls squarely in the middle it's fine if you like the x-men you should like this um so let's give our popcorn ratings now if you have never listened to the popcorn diet before we give our ratings a little bit differently instead of thumbs up or stars we have different levels of popcorn and david you'll be happy to hear that we are finally officially instituting our with a soda half a ranking um but for those of you who had never listened we have five separate popcorn ratings we have burnt popcorn which means the movie is garbage don't waste your time even if it's free we have stale popcorn which is like eh. If you have to see it, if you, if you have to uh, spend time, if you're desperate, go ahead and watch it, but try not to spend any money on it. We have microwave popcorn, which is your mileage may vary. You might really like this film. You might, might not like it at all. Um, just like microwave popcorn, it can be hit or miss. We have movie theater popcorn, which means the movie's pretty good. You should probably see it on a big screen. Don't rush, but it, it's it's worth spending the money to see on the big screen. And then we have perfect popcorn, which is go out and see this movie as soon as possible possible and then we have our middle ranking which is adding a a soda to any one of those which is it's not it's better than movie theater popcorn but it's not quite perfect Um, David what would you give now that we're instituting the soda rankings I don't know if this just changes things for you but where would you put Dark Phoenix in terms of a popcorn rating Um, for me it's Three popcorns in a in a soda for me. So the mo- the microwave. Yeah, so it's microwave right. and a, a soda. Here and here's my here's my thoughts to anybody listening that's trying to decide whether you want to see this. To me, if you've rode with X Men for what are we twelve movies now? Yeah. You owe it to yourself to go and see the end of it. Sure. This is the end of the Fox run X Men, for better or for worse. Mostly, in a lot of ways, they screwed it up. But at the same time, 
you owe it to go see it. I think it has enough positives to say it's worth seeing it on the big screen. And I also think from that standpoint, again, I, th I think if you've been a fan of X-Men and you've rode with it this far, there's a whole lot worse movies that you've already gone through and probably seen in theaters. Right. So you might as well see it out from that standpoint. You and I, well. I and I enjoyed myself. I'm glad I saw it in theaters. I'm glad I didn't wait well past. And I will say this. My last thing on this would be this is one of the things that annoys me about Rotten Tomatoes. And we've gone on tangents about Rotten Tomatoes. But this is not a 20 percent no. movie. No. Like if you think about what a 20 percent means... This is not anywhere close to that from that standpoint. Like, if I had to put a percentage point on it, it's probably in, like, the 60 range. Right. And I could even understand it because people are jerks and critics are stupid half the time if it was, like, a 50%. Like, it wouldn't have surprised me if I logged into Rotten Tomatoes, but I was genuinely surprised that it was 20%. Like, that to me was way too harsh for this. And I think it was graded for things that were not this movie's fault. And so I don't think people took this as just this movie and and where it was in the franchise and sure. what it followed and all of that. I think they graded it pretty harshly from that standpoint. So three and a half is my my answer. I would I would agree with a lot of that. I am going to give it three. Uh, I'm going to give it a microwave popcorn. I'm not giving it a soda. I'm giving it straight microwave popcorn. Pretty much mimicking everything that you said. I agree with everything about Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think anybody has anything to be embarrassed about for this movie. I think everybody involved does decent work. I think even Simon Kinberg, you know, it does decent with this. Like, And again, we're probably giving them the benefit of the doubt here. But I just think that there are a lot of things to nitpick about it. There are a lot of things that are, again, from the franchise as a whole that are carried over into this film. Inconsistencies, plot holes that are left dangling, character reactions that don't really seem uh, very genuine. And also, you know, Jennifer Lawrence is famous for, for you know, kind of coming back for this film. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um not of her own accord per se maybe a little reluctantly and it kind of and it feels it this movie doesn't exactly do a good job of hiding some of that real world type stuff either that being said i enjoyed the action i enjoyed seeing the 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 mutant powers on display i enjoyed the performances um yeah so i'm giving it microwave popcorn that's where we're gonna stand on it now, we're going to talk about spoilers, and we're going to talk about X-Men as a franchise in total along with Dark Phoenix. But before we do, we've got to take a quick little ad break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we get into the X-Men a little bit more, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free by hitting that subscribe button, following wherever you're listening from. We'd really appreciate you just taking a little second out of your day to click that button, give us a rating, write us a review, share The Popcorn Diet with all your own good movie buddies. We also want to remind you that you can check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider throwing a few bucks toward the podcast. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, but it's going to get you access to exclusive patron-only episodes, ad-free episodes, and things like that. So remember, patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last but of course not least, you can find all of our regular episodes, articles, reviews, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But David, I kind of wanted to take this opportunity to send off the X-Men universe, the X-Films, if you will, all 12 of them, even though odds are we're going to get another Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds and who knows what's going to happen with the new mutants. We can talk about that at the, at the end here. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about the things that the series did really well and some of the things it did not so well. And where it kind of fell in terms of consistency, um, because I think that is one the, the clearest word for me, and I don't know if you would disagree or agree, I, you'll certainly let me know, but the biggest word for me to describe this franchise is inconsistent, um, more so than... 
your usual franchises. And I don't even know if that's true, man. And this is a funny thing that, that I was thinking of. You know, I was talking about this with my folks. I was talking about franchises, the idea of a franchise, right? And the idea of a franchise used to just be, you know, the next adventure of, right? Uh, you look at movies like Die Hard. You look at movies like Jaws or movies like the old Batman and Robin movies. You look at the ways that franchise used to exist back in 2000 when the X-Men started. They're not the way franchises exist today. They are not these interconnected stories that are more dependent on seeing the previous versions. Would you uh, would you agree with me in saying that the X-Men franchise kind of kind of follows the old model of that? Yes and no. I think the X-Men really whether people will give it credit or not set the not standard, but they kind of paved the way for what franchises are today. Okay. Especially if you look back when the first X-Men came out, which was what? 2000. 2000. 2000. So that's pre-Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. That's pre... Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's pre-Avengers in any way, mm-hmm. Iron Man. So it's pre-all what we think of franchises now. Right. I think it might have even... Was that pre-Lord of the Rings even? Uh, was the first yeah, because Lord of the Rings pre, was after It's pre-even Lord of the Rings. So from that standpoint... This was the first film, and I don't know whether they knew they were going to do 12 or, or anything beyond maybe three movies when sure. they first started doing it. But, I mean, if you think about it, it, it really was the first of its kind that said we're going to do this long-standing universe and this kind of long storytelling uh, method. And, and I don't know that they even knew that. I don't even know if it was necessarily intended. I think it's unique what they did with first class and days of future past in which they instead of rebooting and saying we've got new characters we're going to ignore what's in the past they really embraced and brought back in even for all its faults the first three films right um and i still partly believe that's only because they had hugh jackman and they're like and they cast so well in the first three x-men that they're like we can't just waste the the fantastic casting that we did originally right well that's the first thing i wanted to mention is something that it did really well was not once but twice they managed to crush the casting sure and before we get into that i do want to say one more sure, thing sure, just sure. kind of on it comparatively wise if you think about franchises like this isn't that bad of a franchise for as much as it gets dogged on and even as much as dark phoenix you no, know, got bad sure. ratings and as low as the low points have been, let's come, let's talk about some franchises that it's fair to compare of DC. Not great. Batman V Superman, Oof. Superman, Oof. <laughs> you know, all of those films outside of it's had some really good highs too. It's had Wonder Woman. Aquaman wasn't a disaster. Right. Um, these, but these, it's but it's a disaster now. They don't even know where they're going to go at this. These point. are the franchises that it is under, right? These are the ones that are above it. Spider Man. That's five movies, six movies. But excuse even if, me. But even if you think about Bond, Sp- Avengers, Harry Potter. But these are but, massive franchises. But, th- but this is where I'm going to think about Spider Man. Right. And and. Again, I'm down more on the original three Spider-Man than probably most. I'll admit the first one was really good, especially for its time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as big a fan of the second one, and the third one, I Ooh. think we all agree, wasn't fantastic. No, but the second great. one, that's a hot take. Um, but I think a lot most people would agree the Andrew Garfield ones were not great. Sure. And it's been redeemed now that it's under Disney and and or at least they've played a part of it mm-hmm. and they've kind of brought it back but again it's not like spider-man is just like glowing every movie was just money sure time after time they've had their own dysfunction sure you get into star wars i mean as big as star wars is it hasn't been without its issues not no. not many star wars fans are happy i would say there's probably a lot more star wars fans that dislike more movies than they like if you think about it right because not many like any of the first three. The prequels. The prequels, I should say. Some of these new ones. Some of these new ones. I mean, everybody likes the first thir- the 
the like original the middle trilogy. three, the original trilogy. Uh-huh. But most people are pretty down on the others. Again, DC's had its issues. Bond mm-hmm. has had its ups and downs. I mean, I think I don't think many people saw the consistency in Bond until this last series of no. them. Um, it was hit and miss, no pun intended. <laughs> so and and Batman even Batman's had its huge ups and downs. I mean, we have Mr. Freeze. Just we can, go no, we can go no further than talk about Arnold. So, I mean, th- what I'm getting at, Transformers. Transformers has plenty of issues. Pirates has plenty of issues. Sure. Even Mission Impossible has plenty of issues. So, th- what I'm getting at is everybody wants to directly compare, because we're talking about superheroes that wear costumes, directly to Avengers. Something Avengers, like Avengers is the gold standard from the standpoint of this type of storytelling. Sure. To me, X-Men did not do that bad of a job. Was it Avengers? No. No. But it it wasn't bad, especially when you compare it right. on a grand scale to other franchises. Sure. I and I and I I I, I technically I mean, I agree. You know, Hemin and Han and all this stuff. It's hard not to look at the numbers and say that this wasn't a successful film franchise. Now, did it end on a whimper? Yeah, it did. Unjustly so? In yours and mine's opinions? Yes, I think so. Did it have some pretty bad movies in its entries? Yeah, it did. But James Bond also had Moonraker. As previously mentioned, the Batman franchise had Freezing Hell Batman, you know, so... All of these franchises have had their not exactly shining moments. And to kind of and I wanted to reiterate that by showing that this film, this film franchise is number seven all time. And it's behind the Spider-Man films, the Bond films. They this list counts both Avengers and the MCU, which I think is a little unfair. So I'm just gonna consider the MCU. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and Star Wars. And it's only like I mean even even as bad as poorly as this film is doing and granted it will temporarily pass it but right it could pass Spider-Man before eventually getting repassed when repassed the next Spider in in Man July. Comes out. Yeah. So I agree with you in that these films really aren't that bad but inconsistency gives a certain feeling. You know, any think of any basketball player or any sports player who plays inconsistently and they are judged for it. You know, if you if you're not going out there and putting 30 points and nine rebounds and 11 assists out there consistently every night, there's frustration there. You're labeled as inconsistent. And that's usually looked at as a fault just to play devil's advocate, mostly because I agree with everything that you said. And the same is true of this franchise as well. I would argue that some of the other franchises, particularly the, the Harry Potter and MCU, I think are the two franchises of the list that we're looking at here that are almost stone cold, mutually agreed upon, are all pretty good. The funny thing is, though, now Harry Potter, which I would ah, agree with, is starting to throw show chinks from the standpoint point. of... Little cracks in the armor. With the most recent stuff, people aren't as overwhelmed. Not that great. And right? it's got its own controversy because it went with Johnny Depp. So and let's... People. Well, whatever. I'm, I've, he's actually one of my favorite parts of the new <laughs> franchise, but whatever. So let's talk about some of those inconsistencies and consistencies. The things that they do really well and the things that they don't do really well. And you and I have talked about it. One of the things that this franchise does almost as well as the MCU has done, if not better, is casting. It is hard, almost impossible, to cast a franchise as well as they did here. And they managed to do it twice. That's impressive. Well, and here was, here's what I would say, you know, even comparing it to the Marvel or to MCU, is that, and, and even a lot of these other franchises... What X-Men did, which I think is unique to it or different than what we've seen from most franchise, is that think about whenever you sit there and talk about if I could dream up who would play a certain role. Right. And you fantasy cast it. Right. When X-Men came out, it was pretty much what you would have fantasy casted. Right. I mean, Especially a, the main guys. It wasn't like they went out and got like this unknown, like the... Chris Hemsworths and the Chris Evans, and they took a shot on them. Well, and that they was Hugh Jackman. Up, and they ended up delivering. I mean, Hugh right. Jackman would be 
the big the one. person in that. But you got people like Halle Berry. Sure. You got people like Patrick Stewart. I mean, everybody thought Patrick Stewart was born to play the, Professor the X. The quintessential Professor X. I mean, he already had the look. You get Ian McKellen, year. you know, one of the, one of the premier actors, one of the most well-regarded actors that we've ever seen is as Magneto, you know, mm-hmm. coming back here and doing that kind of thing. You got I mean, again, Hugh Jackman, you know, talking about unknowns, you know, to their credit, people like um, James Marsden, people like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman wasn't even originally cast. It was Duggar Ray Scott, you know, and this franchise turned him into a mega movie star, an Academy Award nominee. You know, what a discovery, right? And then when they cast this new franchise, what are they doing? Oh, we got a couple of the... Biggest young talents. We got McAvoy, Fassbender, Jennifer, Jennifer Academy Award nominee winner Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt. You know, lest we forget they brought in Kevin Bacon and guys like that too. You know, which is a lot better than the villains of the of the previous series. Well, and I think to give Fox credit, it never felt like they skimped on casting, you no. know, from that standpoint. They always seem to be willing to dig into the pocketbooks to get power big names behind their films. Sure. And you know, there's there's, there's 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 good and bad of that though too from that standpoint. Sure. Because anytime you cast such big names, you're always going to have a shelf life on those movies. Like it's gonna be hard to convince those actors, those big names, like a Halle Berry to do 19 films. Sure. Or to do 15 films. But they got her to do, what, five? Yeah. I mean, four or five. So, I mean, but from that standpoint, that's that's what I mean. That's one of the downsides of going big on your casting when sure. you tell this long storyline form. The DC um, universe is, is paying. Is paying for that, too. For that. And that's why Marvel and even Harry Potter, to a lesser degree, I mean... Yes, there's some big names in Harry Potter, but most of the people that you built around were unknown people when they started that franchise. Sure, absolutely. And with that casting comes pretty good performances. I think almost universally, these movies are well acted. You know, The the Last Stand is not great, and X-Men Origins Wolverine is pretty terrible. You know, Apocalypse wasted Oscar Isaac by painting him underneath a bunch of Ivanu's makeup. I think that was a huge mistake as well. But for the most part, these movies are, are well casted with good actors who put forth good performances. I mean, X2 is considered one of the best superhero movies ever made. Maybe not by you or maybe not even by me, a little bit by me. But it's because these people bring validity to these goofy superhero stories, you know. Um, that being said, I think one of the biggest inconsistencies that they've that they fell into the trap of is with the continuity of this franchise, particularly once they did Days of Future Past, even before that. Now, the first three X-Men films, for the most part, fit the continuity. Um, X1, X-Men 1, X2, and The Last Stand, they all kind of fit in with one another. But after The Last Stand, things started getting weird, and it started getting annoying to think about them. Like, for, exa- for example, um, I think one of the biggest ones is Professor X dies in The Last Stand. He gets disintegrated, and then at the end of that film, his mind or whatever is put into his quote-unquote brother, Right, and then at the end of the Wolverine, Professor X just strolls on in, right? He, or or uh, rolls on in, <laughs> excuse me. And him and Magneto are suddenly together again in the airport, and there's an ad for Trask Industries, right? And then after that, boom, we're immediately into this post-apocalyptic future. So how the fuck did we jump from Wolverine leaving Japan in an airport to the entire world is a hellscape being run by these gigantic robots, right? Jumps like that really wind up hurting this franchise. When you look at, especially with Dark Phoenix, First Class was set in what? The 60s, Bay of Pigs Invasion, J.F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, um, Days of Future Past, the, the first class versions were set in the 70s. Apocalypse was set in the 80s. And this movie is set in the 90s. So by that math, 
McAvoy and Fassbender are to have aged approximately 30 years. Yeah, but I, I don't think I ever have a real issue with that because we're dealing, <laughs> we're dealing with mutants. I mean, from that standpoint... That's not how their powers work, though. But you don't know that effect that they have on things like aging and that. I mean, from that standpoint, to me, I don't have as big of an issue with that because it's consistent with what you saw in the comics. I wouldn't say it's a huge issue either. You see it in the comics from that standpoint. The comics have them from all different, you know, centuries or, or decades and things like that too. And sure. you don't see a significant change in appearance or things like that as well. Well, even if we were to use its own timeline, X-Men was set in 2000. Dark Phoenix is set in 1992. Am I to believe that Michael Fassbender will now look like Ian McKellen in eight years in their own timeline? I don't know. Again, I, I to me, that's where you're getting really nitpicky, <laughs> nitpicky from that standpoint. Um, but it goes to the inconsistency of it. It goes to the, not to mention the fact that Dark Phoenix is set during the 90s and they don't really do anything to show it set in the 90s. Sure. It's kind of a missed opportunity, in my opinion. But this is all nitpicky shit. Like, I'll agree with that. Yeah, but I think also the things with you get with that, I mean, when the majority of your time is spent in places that you're not going to feel the 90s, it's not like they were roaming around pop culture area, you know, things like that in this movie. most A lot of these films are spent at the, um, the mansion or at the school. Sure. This one's got space, right. and then you've got a lot of like just random like, like this we're out town. in fields or in the woods or things like that. Like you're not gonna feel a lot of yeah. In the '80s one, you were in Egypt. It's not like Egypt really changed over the decades. Sure. At least not to the common person. Probably maybe if you lived in Egypt, you could talk about how much it changed. But I think also <laughs> from that standpoint, yeah. I think when you come into it decided to connect those. So I think you're going to run into that issue of Fassbender doesn't look like McKellen. Like, obviously, that's that's going to be an issue at some point sure. if you keep progressing the story. To me, it didn't bother because I thought it took a different approach. And instead of disregarding and starting fresh, still trying to play some tiebacks into it. And it's going to come with its issues when you have people that, frankly, don't look like each other. Right. From that standpoint, right. like, yes, you can cast someone that looks similar, but they're you're not going to get someone that looks like a young Halle Berry. No. And to their credit, they did a reboot slash recasting in an amazing way. Um, I think both this film and Star Trek do, did a great job of introducing that reboot remake type of thing where oh those movies that you saw with those cast members are still legit but we're going back in the time yeah i mean you're not going to convince me that chris pine ends up looking like william sure, shatner sure. by the end of it okay so and and i'm fine with that i'm fine with that my other thing though is the, the little plot holes in between movies that kind of drive me a little crazy as well and again i'm just talking about inconsistencies versus consistencies right okay i'm talking about how you know, the Wolverine ends in seemingly fine modern day Japan. And then the next movie we're in, I don't know what year, but seemingly nobody has aged and everything has gone to shit or, or the difference between the end of apocalypse when Magneto literally kills probably like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, right? They're literally him and apocalypse. They're wrecking cities. Right. And then in this movie, He's on his own peaceful island by the government again. Like, really? Really? Stuff like that. Stuff like the fact that Quicksilver talks about Magneto as his dad and it's never paid off. You know, those types of inconsistencies kind of drive me crazy. Wolverine getting his adamantium claws cut off in one movie and then having the adamantium claws back in another movie there's just stuff like that which in in other franchises you could almost excuse you know like james bond you know if james bond got his finger cut off in one movie odds are by the time timothy dalton replaces roger moore james bond's gonna have all of his fingers back you know what i mean sure that kind of stuff always just bugged me <laughs> see and that to me is where we get into where I and again I don't think people like yourself deliberately do it and and maybe it's not even necessarily doing it maybe it's just purely having higher standards at this point but to me I don't think 
X-Men gets judged just as it is. I think it gets judged in comparison to how well, because I don't think you can avoid this, how well MCU did at this long form storytelling. And even, even just what we now have on our hands, Game of Thrones, we had it for, you know, the better part of, or we had it for a decade of long storytelling. Like the standard is high. If you're going to tell me a long form of storytelling right but we have to remember when this first came out that didn't really exist like there wasn't a franchise that you could say that developed this long consistent storytelling process and so i think it's a product of some of the challenges of the changing of the times from the standpoint of again i think these started out as we're going to do three movies and then we realized hugh jackman was a star how Let's, can we not make how more? can we not more make more Hugh Jackman movies? Right, and then, you know, I don't know. First Class came out of nowhere. Like I never expected to get First Class, and it was such a huge success, both from quality standpoint and even just this. I mean, it was moderately successful in the box office. I wouldn't say it was like overwhelming, but it did well. And yeah. it opened the door to additional movies. Well, it opened the door to Days of Future Past, which was absolutely massive. Yeah. Bigger than any of the movies that had come before it by exactly. almost double. Exactly. You know? And so I think from that standpoint, that's where I defend X-Men a little bit more is sure. because I think you have to think about And I actually like history. the little defense, offense, defense we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you have to think about the cards that it was dealt and how well it did with that. Again... There's some there's some movies in here that are indefensible. <laughs> That's, uh, we can agree on that. Yes. And <laughs> I, I guess do we want to go on a rant of that right now? Because. I, I don't mind picking on a couple movies. I don't mind picking on. Well, that's the thing is like you. you well, so, first off, I just want to go with with Last Stand because of all the movies in this franchise, so I have bad. my biggest issue with Last Stand. Right, and even though Last even, Stand, has even though things, Origins is a Origins Wolverine is a big pile of poo too, and completely screws up Deadpool as we see when we get actual good Deadpool. It still had movies. Liev Schreiber in it, and that opening title sequence is still as they're There's, fighting through the wars. And that's what I want to see that movie. Well, and that's what I think is true about all of these films, except maybe Last Stand, is that you can pick out really great moments and sure. really great visuals and There's, really great action. Like you can pick very, out good things. It's very little of that in the Last Stand. I mean, I'm the Juggernaut. God. Uh, but in general, Last Stand, my biggest issue with it is I feel like Ratner just got the film and decided he was just going to give a giant middle finger to anybody that enjoys X-Men or <laughs> likes X-Men at all. Like, to me, that movie was not made by anybody that cares about X-Men, no. likes X-Men, or has any desire to appease its fans in any way. I mean, he put in something from... What was it? YouTube? Where did the yeah, juggernaut yeah. bitch thing come from? Yeah. Came from YouTube. He put something that more was more fan service to that than anything actually from the comics. You kill off Professor X and you, Cyclops. And Cyclops. You kill off about 50% of the mutants in general by Jean Grey just like mind killing them. She's a subplot. She's a subplot when she's arguably the the biggest... Like the Phoenix storyline is arguably the biggest one, or at least one of the most beloved ones yeah. from the comic books sure. in general. Sure. And you completely butcher that. And it's like, it's just a giant, like, not only did it do a bad job at telling the Phoenix story, but it also gave you this situation where it was like, literally, where do we go from here? Right. And that's why I always have a soft spot a little bit for X Men because I thought, what they did as far as the where do we go from here without just saying we're rebooting this, we're disregarding the first three. Right. Was about as good as you could expect. Like that's why I that's why I defend the holes in the storyline when you go from the inconsistency from the first three to the second three. Yeah. Or second four or whatever you want to say. Right. Movies. I'm taking out the Wolverine movies. Is because you had such a disaster that just completely wrecked any kind of ability to keep this story going with what freaking Ratner did to Last Stand. I will give I will give oddly enough, both Last Stand and Apocalypse 
had and maybe I'm and again I haven't sat and watched all these movies again but X Last Stand and Apocalypse gave us the one thing that I wish we got more of in in all of the films and that is the X-Men standing together in a big battle and fighting together you want the and I want and you want the Endgame Avengers Assemble. So, like, as shitty as the last stand is, there's that part where they're standing on Alcatraz and they come flying in, and it's 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 Colossus, it's Wolverine, it's Storm, it's Kitty Pride, it's Iceman, and they're standing in a line like we're gonna fucking fight, and Wolverine shouting orders, and I'm like, okay, I'm into that. Or Apocalypse when they're all finally like getting in on Apocalypse and. Cyclops is shooting him and then Storm comes in and is doing the electric like that's the best part of that movie sure. you know and I wish we got more of that like in the Dark Phoenix like again we you get mutant on mutant action in the Dark Phoenix right but again none of them are wearing costumes this, this franchise is always seemingly hated putting them in comic accurate costumes for an extended period of time um although the argument could be made that the story didn't warrant it in the dark phoenix i'm willing to concede that much but where you have other superhero movies that are fighting in big cities that have these big moments this one feels very crowded like they're coming in from central park into this little apartment building and it I don't know, man. Like, on one hand, it makes sense. This is a more intimate story. It should be set in a more intimate setting. On the other hand, we're fighting in New York City. You know? I, I want to see the line of bad guys you against the line You want to see Avengers. I want to see a group of characters standing together as heroes fighting a group of characters who are standing together as bad guys. See, and that's where I get, again, a little bit more defensive of X-Men is because having followed it and... and enjoyed the comic books and enjoyed the cartoons i feel like yes there was some moments in that but the difference between like avengers and even batman and and all of that is that these were those were heroes that were put on a pedestal worshipped almost as gods in in most of their storylines and did not have many issues from the standpoints of the general public right. liking them. And the X-Men were always the freaks. They were always the freaks. They were always the rejects. They couldn't prance into t- walk into town, you know, wearing their bright shiny costume. And and they did obviously in the comics, but it's different in right. the comics. But like if you're translating this to something that is more accurate or realistic, I guess on film considering you're doing a story about mutants. Sure. Like it would make sense that you don't roll in wearing yellow tights as Wolverine from yeah, that standpoint. You know I don't mean the tights, though. Sure. Like, and again, there's some really good, like, at the, the final train sequence in the Dark Phoenix, actually really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they're all using their powers together, Nightcrawler's doing cool Nightcrawler shit, Storm's blasting people with lightning, uh, Magneto's crushing tr- entire train cars with people inside of them. I'm into all of that. And, and that's what I really enjoyed about X-Men movies all the way through, is that I enjoyed how they... One, all the different unique... I mean, we had a villain who was Toad, who had his tongue. Sure. You know, you had all these different... That was always the coolest thing about X-Men is like... It wasn't like, oh, it's another guy with a, a shield who's really strong that can... <laughs> you know, or it's, you know, another guy I wearing know. a costume. Like, everybody was super unique to themselves. And even just some of the main you know, storylines of what X-Men is about, right. about people being gifted and all of that as well and, and, and having their own value, each person being unique. Um, I enjoyed that and I enjoyed the fights that ensued when you had them working together. Sure. And I think the train sequence from Dark Phoenix was a great example of some of my favorite aspects of the X-Men it's movies a good, as a whole. It's a legit good action sequence. I'll tell you two things that I wish this franchise did more of, and then we can kind of wrap it up with with our final thoughts here. But number one, as, as much as it was given shit for, at least the first trilogy had costumes. They're, it, yeah, they're the black leather costumes and stuff, but at least they had team costumes. And I wish they would have figured out that people... Number one, you can translate these superhero costumes to the big screen without doing yellow spandex, 
right? We've seen the armor. We've seen the body armor. We've seen how these characters can be translated in a number of different, not just Marvel, but a number of different movies, right? And so I wish that I wish they would have given us the moment or the movie where they're finally all in their costumes together. First Class gave us the First Class costumes, and they kind of brought them back for Dark Phoenix, but only for the first little bit, right? I think the biggest thing, and Days of Future Past gave them the, the, the black armor again. Apocalypse gave them black armor again. And at the end of Apocalypse, they're standing in the, in the danger room. or I think it's called the danger room. Um, I'm probably screwing that up. But they're all finally wearing something that resembles their comic book costumes. And they're getting ready to fight the Sentinels as like a training exercise. And then they just, those, they're not in Dark Phoenix. That's the kind of thing that drives me a little, that is like, why? Why not? Especially if you're not going to wear them for that long, you know? Um, and the other thing that I wish, David, and you brought this up with Toad, you reminded me of this, but I am so tired of Magneto always bringing, like, the three shittiest reject mutants as his backup, first movie notwithstanding. First movie's got Sabretooth, Toad, Mystique. Those are heavy hitters, right? Yeah. But this movie, like, at Last Stand, he's got that one asshole who puts spikes out of his wrists, and he's got that other douchebag who is a little spiky boy, he, whatever. He gets... Uh... He gets Juggernaut. He gets the Fire Kid too, Pyro. Pyro, yeah, Pyro. Pyro was good because Pyro at least had an arc, right? Yeah, Pyro he, he had an arc. Switch teams. But this movie, he's got fucking Dreadlocks guy who was, let's be honest, stupid. And this other chick who's, uh, I don't know, psychic too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, I mean, she wasn't exciting, but she obviously was super powerful because she held Professor X yeah, at bay she, the she majority of the fight purpose. She from that standpoint. Um, and again, I agree with dreadlocks, dreadlocks being <laughs> being lower on the the realm of that. But yeah. at the same time, if you're going to continue to introduce new and different ones, I appreciate them stepping outside of like just going to one that we've had. And again, this is where we get into some of the unfortunate situation that movies like Last Stand did, in that you kill off so many of the comic book bad guys that we've had of the past, right. it's hard to bring them back because people will be, I mean, for whatever reason, people will be dumb about that and be like, oh, you already killed that in another movie right. when you're okay with other aspects of it from that standpoint. Right. But So that's where I think they were challenged a little bit. I, I agree. They could have had better hench, henchmen for, <laughs> for him. I do think in the original three, they were better. Um, they, with that they, they than, were. than what we had. But I, I do think even First Class had some solid henchmen First in class there. Was cool. they Apocalypse had, had some uh, some good ones. Apocalypse did it right. Apocalypse were like, all right, we got Apocalypse. He's this big bad motherfucker. You had your own team up you of bad guys. Archangels, Psylocke, Storm, who became good. Magneto, like those are heavy hitters, right? Mm -hmm. That's I'm into that. You know, and then they bring, you know, that was Apocalypse. That was the last movie you were in. And you're going to replace Archangel and Psylocke with Dreadlock Dude and Psychic Lady? Sure. Like, come on now. We can do better at that. I get you. But you also, I mean, part of this movie was it looked like Magneto was kind of... A pacifist yet again. Yeah. I mean, he's he's seen better times. He's living on some remote <laughs> island out of, like, shipping containers. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he's exactly at the high point of his his power no of course not of course not i i, I just wouldn't have minded his good henchmen all died when he was trying he to keeps do losing the good <laughs> when he was trying to actually world dominate um so let's wrap this up with the future what do we anticipate for the future we got what you were just we were you were just mentioning before we did this gambit with channing tatum rifled through three or four directors that's that's dead, right? Apparently dead. You read that. That's dead. Um, you never know. Everything's well, could every, potentially come back. But well, now that Disney owns this, everything is technically up for grabs. But that whatever, if, if there was a script that was there, if there was dead. a director that was there, even Channing Tatum. Not that they couldn't end up getting Channing Tatum to come back sure. for it, but it's not happening anytime. It's soon. It's not happening anytime soon. The New Mutants. 
We have the New Mutants released a trailer last year, and then it went through reshoots and went through reshoots again, and now it's seemingly going to come out April. I think you said April third, twenty twenty, or April fourth, one of those two. I have my doubts, although that gives it another what is that nine months or Mm -hmm. ten months worth of potential reshoots to try and quote unquote fix that movie, whatever needs fixing. I I will I'm willing to be on on the podcast in front of God and the whole world David I'm willing to make a wager that I don't think the new mutants gets a wide release. I feel like after talking about the reshoots and realizing that it has 10 months this is a stupid wager but I'm willing to I'm I'm, I'm going to put like a 10 spot on the line. You, I, am I just playing with house money from you getting Godzilla wrong? Do you, by uh, on the over under <laughs> by one million, <laughs> I think it was three million or two uh, and a half. I did get that wrong. What we? I mean, we. Anyways, I will, I will, I will go on the opposite side of that and say I think New Mutants will come out. I think when if if you if they would have said May twenty twenty, I would have said no way. No. But when you're going like March or April, April. like it's a bad period of time. Anyways, it pro- used to be. They're not gonna do it under Buena Vista. So I mean, from that standpoint. You got this whole movie that's technically made. How can they fix it? How can they make money off of it? I I think they're going to put it on their streaming service. But I here's think it's going to wind up here's on the, Disney+. Plus. Here's the thing, though. You're talking about the money that it takes to release it. Sure. The budget that you've spent on this is gone. Like, Fox spent it. So, like, you're talking about the money to get this out would be things like marketing and reshoot money. Sure. Which you should be able to keep that under... A hundred million, I would think, for maybe for what you need to do on it. If it's already pretty much done and it's in post production, you shouldn't need to spend another over a hundred million to get it out and marketed. Yeah, and so you're telling me that Disney won't release something that's got a franchise behind it for a hundred million? Like to me, they've made they've made crazier bets from that standpoint when it's got a following. (laughs) worldwide like x-men does i mean even as bad as dark phoenix is doing it's gonna make you know probably a couple hundred million worldwide sure in when it's all said and done between the domestic here and and the world wide money so year delay to me i think it still comes out i i don't think you can sit i don't think you put it on your streaming service because again i think the things you move to streaming or the things that especially for disney plus right now are movies that are going to get people to say, I'm going to sign up for Disney Plus just because I want to watch this film. I don't think anybody's doing that with New Mutants. No, I don't. And and again, CinemaCon 2019, Disney announced that it's going to keep its theatrical release date. So this could be just a stupid bet. I'll buy you lunch or something like oh, that. Now we're getting down to lunch. Hey, lunch kidding. is usually more expensive than $10. We'll see what happens. Um, how long do you think it is? It's It's... June of 2019 now. How long do you think it is before we see X-Men or Fantastic Four on the big screen again? I'm going to take... People are predicting five years. Do you think it's longer than that? Do you think it's shorter than that? I think it's going to take... I think that they... You know Marvel. They got their whole... They already got Phase 4 slated out. Whatever they're going to do, whatever they're going to call it, they might not call it Phase 4, but they have it planned out. They just haven't announced it yet. They're going to, right? Now, those things can always change. Phase 3 changed when Sony gave them permission to use Spider-Man, right? So it's reasonable to think that Phase 4 could um, conceivably change now that they have access to the entire X-Men community, Deadpool, and Fantastic Four. But the, the, the guess, the smart money, is on waiting five years. That would put us at about 2024. What do you think? Do you think we're going to get it before, I think you, after? So here, here would be where, if I had to make a guess, if I had to bet money, where I think Disney will go with X-Men over the next six years. Sure. You are not going to, in my opinion, you're not going to get a Fantastic Four movie in the next six years, you're not you're not going to get a Professor X. Maybe a Wolverine, but I again, I don't even think a Wolverine movie. In you're not going to get the traditional stories that we've gotten already sure. multiple times in the last two decades. Sure, I think you're going to see them take an approach more in line with what they did on the MCU, which is pick out a character 
that has a really great story that connects into Professor X or connects into Wolverine or connects into Fantastic Four. And it's probably harder with Fantastic Four than it is with the X-Men because you could easily take, um, like I'm just picking something out of my head that hasn't been really told thus far. I know he made an appearance in one of the films, but like a cable. Um, right. You know, he's got a really interesting story. He's a time traveler. Mm-hmm. Like, you could go in on that or and a tell. Bishop or, or Bishop. Yeah. You know, you could go into, that's what I meant, uh, Bishop, not right. Cable. Cable we had in Deadpool. We got Josh Brolin. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you could tell a Bishop story um, and lean into that and bridge the gap into some other things from that standpoint. Um, even, like, for for lesser example, what they've done with Deadpool. Like, Sure. Deadpool's in that X-Men universe, but not your traditional story that we've gotten over and over. And it leaves the door open for crossovers and introducing characters um, without fully committing to, you know, all these characters. So I think you'll see them take more of an approach in that, trying to tell stories that haven't been told a bunch, trying to stay away from the Professor X Magneto story right out the gate. Sure. Um, I think shit. They could make a Gambit movie. <laughs> I I'm, absolutely. I'm looking, I'm looking I at absolutely the list. Could see a Gambit movie coming out. You think about the characters that really didn't get a lot of their own stuff, you know. Um, but that's the great part about X Men is all of these characters have really unique storylines that brought them sure. to the X Men, and you know, it's not just Wolverine. Wolverine obviously gets the most hype, but every one of them's got like their own background story that's been developed to, to some degree in the comics that you have source material for. Um, and again, I think one of the things that Disney and, and Feige and Marvel has done a good job of is not telling the comic book story, but sure. picking and choosing enough from the comics Excellent point. to serve the comic book fans, but at the same time not get into that debate of like, that's not how that story was, or like that's not accurate. I was like just you thinking, tiptoed that balance with with them I was, in that. I was just thinking about how so many people wanted Tony Stark and Iron Man to do the demon in a bottle storyline where he becomes this alcoholic and 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 that's just not what their plans were. That's just it was way too dark for what they were doing. And so they took aspects of that, his PTSD and stuff like that, and they turned it into their own thing. And I think you're absolutely right. I think ultimately it's what they're gonna do. But I would, I would, am I, am I out of line in saying that I'm excited? I'm willing to wait the six, seven years, whatever. What about you? I, I just don't think f- from a dollars and cents standpoint, it makes sense for Disney to sit on it for six years. I think would it make sense from a planning standpoint and being excited about what the end product would be if they were that patient? Absolutely. But you don't buy something for as much money as what they bought it, and then we get nothing for six years. Sure. Like, stuff is going to come out. Whether And again, that's why I think my odds-on favorite is they're digging through past scripts, past ideas that were maybe sent Fox's way that they were too stupid to go and <laughs> pursue. Um, or maybe even just didn't fit with the strategy that Fox was taking. I think they're digging through those. I think they've been digging through those, and I think you'll see something in the next. I would put a guess that you're going to see something tied outside of New Mutants. You're going to see something tied to what was Fox property within three years. Ooh, okay, I like it. Three to four years. I'll say three to four years. I'm excited. I'll be there regardless of how long we have to wait or how long it takes, but... As far as the Fox regime of X-Men films go, 19 years, 12 movies, it's been a good run. I'm excited to see where they take these characters moving forward. Before we finish, I do want to remind everybody one more time that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet for free just by hitting subscribe, following us where you listen. Don't forget to check us out on patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet, and find all of our regular reviews, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on a popcorn diet. Adios.